Sorry for party Ooh. rocking. Oh, I need water. I now. miss LMFAO. I don't. Mm, I am. Mm. Maybe not. I miss, but they were they were not bad. What was I thinking about? Um, LMFAO. Rock the beat and rock the show. <laughs> LMFAO. Rock the beat and rock the show. Like that was good. I think that you and I just love rhythmic beats. Yes. Not even not even rapping, just like reading signs rhythmically. <laughs> reading signs rhythmically. <laughs> I saw the sign. Thing. I read it rhythmically. I saw the sign. Don't sing. <laughs> uh. And welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. And let me tell you, this episode is all about the underdog. In in all regards, from sports to animation to, to capitalism. That's exactly what it sounds like. Those were the lyrics. Thank you. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, there, you. Um, um, wow. Kenyon, long time no see. I mean, truly, the, the years, they're flying by for you and for me, but also for you. Oh, well, there's, there's so much to get into. There's, there's so much <laughs> we just touched on, even. Um, we uh, took a little break because sometimes the girls be taking a break. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Necessary. Uh-huh. Um, but now we're back from outer space, even. Whoa. Um, and there's much, much, much to catch up on. The first thing I have to ask you is, well, this is funny. This is very interesting because we're recording this on Tuesday, but it's going up on Thursday. Yes. Um, but I have to ask... Sons or bucks? Oh my gosh! Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yeah, I'll flip a coin. <laughs> that's how. That's how much I have <laughs> to contribute to this. Um, to which I'll say sons. Yeah, I also think sons. But here's the thing: bucks are up three to two. <laughs> well, now, and they're playing right now. So by the when by the time this goes up, even in a few hours, we could look like absolute fools. But I think it's sons and six. Well, look, you I mean and I seven. both. Yeah, thank you. Math. <laughs> I think they're going to win two games tonight. Are you <laughs> Are you a fan of of the underdog just in general? Are you like a a root for the underdog person? Um kind of if you mean like systemically. Like typically in the <laughs> Typically in the Super Bowl, there's like, there's a white team and there's <laughs> there's a team of color. <laughs> and I always root for the team of color. And there could be any number of indicators. 
Like once recently, <laughs> it was the Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. It's like, okay, the Falcons are going to go ahead and be the team that I'm rooting for because they're the team of color. The Patriots <laughs> are always the white team. You are just like my grandma. Whenever we're watching like a movie or something, she's like, oh, there's a black person in this. And it's like, well, he's the villain. Or, you know, he's doing something not yeah, nice. But, but it's, it's like, like, no. We stand. <laughs> we stand. We absolutely stand. I was talking to someone recently about like <laughs> about if you turn off every Disney Renaissance movie like before the last 10 to 15 minutes, it's like that queer person really showed it to the straight people. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like and a Hades woke up the Titans and <laughs> Olympus wow. fell and that was it. Or, um, and now Jafar is the sultan. Work. <laughs> or now Ursula is 50 feet tall, just like she deserves. <laughs> that is, that's my canon. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But yeah, absolutely sons in, in 67, whatever we said. Yeah. 67. No, I, see, I wanted to root for the Bucks because, uh, they haven't won the NBA finals in uh, like 50 years, but the Suns have never won. So I kind of have to root for them. What a bizarre turn of events that this is, these are the two teams meeting right now. I know. I know (laughs) nothing about sports, but I thought that everyone was complaining because it was like, Oh, the Warriors are a super team and they're always going to, it's always going to be like LeBron versus the Warriors. And None of mama, none of that is true this year. But um they're out there making movies instead. Space Jam. Oh my god, have you seen? <laughs> I have not. I have not. I have to go see it. I heard that it is the exact same plot. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And I love that. Wow. I'm a huge LeBron fan, so. Oh, I know this about you. Oh yes. Okay. 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 And it's, I celebrated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, speaking of sports, because famously this is a sports podcast. Absolutely. Um, okay, did you hear about, uh, did you see that thing that I sent you on Instagram? Now, why would you say something like that to me <laughs> on, on the record? Tommy, bleep this out. <laughs> okay, so. There is now I don't know how sports work. But <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer, I don't know how sports work, but there is someone who like is kind of in the NHL, like he's in the NHL but he's not exactly in the NHL. He's an NHL prospect, like he's signed to the Nashville Predators but he's not like on the Predator. I don't know. Hmm. But he's gay. He came out. Oh work. <laughs> and so he's the first you know, it's again one of the so what I keep reading, this is from ESPN, Nashville Predators prospect Luke Prokop on Monday became the first active player under NHL contract to come out as gay. And I don't really know what all that means, but I will tell you this. Cue the Diana Ross because the girls are coming out. <laughs> this is great news. I think the floodgates are opening. Yes. I will say if I got to choose which NHL team had the first gay player i wouldn't have picked the predators but well, uh, you know <laughs> i think they're they're kind of supposed to be good i'm saying that with absolutely no factual you don't basis. know that at all <laughs> i have no knowledge about this 
Um, so I'm going to say that I think that they're going to be great, especially if they fully sign Luke. Work. And I hope he, um, you know, makes the makes the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. He's six foot four. And he's right-handed. And let me tell you this. Uh... He doesn't make the team. <laughs> I've got something he Thomas, can do. Thomas, cut the tape. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's enough of sports news. Thank you. <laughs> but it's not enough of a moment for our current world. Yeah, there's so much to say. You, I mean, you started us off talking about the year. Yes. Um, you started... Uh, you start moving in the years. Okay, reeling. We're reeling in the years. Exactly. Um... <laughs> And there are so many year anniversaries this week. First of all, on Sunday, it was my birthday. Yeah! <laughs> this um, is cause for celebration. It is. It means that we have entered the, like, four-month span in which we are the same age. And you know that only good things happen in that window of time. So, is that true? Hmm. I don't know about okay. all that. But you know what it does mean? It means that according to my brother, that you are now, welcome to the club, you are now pushing 30. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, it is, it does make me think about, you know, all the time that I spend making fun of how old you are. Yeah. Well, now we're the same age. So mm-hmm. The joke is on me. On that one. Yeah, a whole third of the year, actually. We're the same age for a whole. When you put it that way, that's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yes, I mean, celebration. It is a time of celebration. It is a time of celebration. Wow. It also is, last year, we dropped the the trailer for our return on the 23rd wow. of July. And here we are, a year later. Well, almost a year later. This will come out on the 22nd, yeah? Yeah. We're just making, we're <laughs> just <laughs> rounding the corner. Just got there. <laughs> And this has been our year of return. If you haven't caught on to the, the theme of the season of that has been this year, it's that we're back, actually. We are back. So um, I love to return. You know, we're what we're nearing is uh, not quite 30, but we are nearing our Saturn's return. You know about this? What? No. Okay. <laughs> so Saturn, big planet, large planet. <laughs> I'm here rooting for the underdogs, okay? Put Pluto back in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Saturn is a large planet. And it takes a and it's far away from the sun. I feel like it actually has more to do with that than being large. <laughs> and it takes a long time to to circle all the way around the sun. It moves it's big and moves slow. It's a combination. <laughs> okay, we're gathering the facts here slowly but surely. <laughs> Are any astronomy in. girls in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> Please chime in. Um, but Saturn is a big planet and it moves slow. And so it takes, I think, I can't remember if it's 26 or 27 years for it to return to the same place in the sky where it was when you were born. Wow. And I think it is, uh, uh, well, I don't know about the other planets. But I know that some, like your Saturn's return it's supposed to be around when you're 26 or 27. Um, and it's supposed to be, well, I don't remember if it's like good or bad, or, but it's supposed to be like a big transitional time in your life. Okay, work. 
because your Saturn has returned to where it was. Wow. Okay. What is what is Saturn the planet of? That's like the the I don't know what that what that is. <laughs> Saturn represents responsibility, hard work, and determination. Oh, so like I've been slacking off for the first 27 years of my life and now is when I start the real work. Now, if that were true, I'd be very grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Um, Okay. It's it's when you're 29. Oh. Pushing 30, Every 29 years is supposed to be a phase, an important phase of your life. Wow. Okay. Any, uh, do you have any birthday reflections in light of the fact that you're approaching your Saturn's return? <laughs> I'm just a half decade away from my Saturn's return. <laughs> <laughs> um, birthday reflections. You know, I'm just happy to be here. I'm still here. I've got friends. I've, thank you, love. Thank you, life. Um, I am uh, happy to be here, you know. Work. Yeah. I spent a day with friends at my favorite restaurant, Shere Khan, in Connecticut, (laughs) Um, which is very lovely. And uh, it's good. Now, are you like a resolutions type? Like, uh, Like, I'm turning this year's old. Here's what's coming for my... 24th year no but i but maybe um (laughs) no because my (laughs) because my birthday is like in the middle of the year Mm -hmm. right like there's just about as like each year it like took me a while to realize that not everyone feels this way like each year i spend about the same amount of time each calendar year i spend about the same amount of time one age as i do the next Mm -hmm. um but that also has meant that, like, in school, I was always the same age. Like, each grade was one age, you know? Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, I, I, it means that I get, like, this kind of equal, equally distanced, like, you know, you reflect at the new year and then you reflect at the birthday, um, which are kind of about six months apart. Well, six months, 18 days. But who's counting? And I think that... Uh, I haven't set any specific resolutions, but I have been thinking about like, you know, you, you make the time for the things that you want to do, you know, Mm. like that. I think I kind of have, (laughs) I've often been a person who's like, I can't do that. I don't have the time, which I think like in college or in school, it's very easy to be, to like, your day is already filled with so much stuff from like, you know, being in school and in class all day. And then like, you know, you sign up for your extracurriculars and then it's like, gosh, that's my time. Um, Thank you. That's my time. Thank you. That's my time. Uh, But having more flexibility in my life as an adult, um, I'm certainly grateful to have more flexibility in my life. And so like, you know, I've always been like, oh, reading, who has the time to read? I'm spending too much time doing nothing on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's like, no, I actually can choose to do different things with my time. Mm, Choices. Choices. Wow, that's honestly big. I mean, that's like, that's kind of all we have at some point. It's like, how did you spend your time? 
Yeah. Like this is the question. And so now that I'm like, you know, in my mid twenties officially pushing 30. Some might say I'd like to, I'd prefer to say I'm nearing my Saturn's return. (laughs) Thank you. Saves me one year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I, that is kind of what I am hoping to think about more actively in the coming year, in this 24th year, 24th yar, some might say. Mm. Uh, You know, I love a yar. I really do. (laughs) Well, I'm so, I'm grateful that you're spending the time, at least these times here with me, here here on the pod. (laughs) Lucky you, lucky me, lucky us. Okay. Saturn's really got me thinking about, you know, the stars. The moon, uh, the stars, and the this and the that. (laughs) Thank you. You put it so eloquently. (laughs) And uh, people have really been taking trips. People have just been hopping in their vehicles, taking trips to the stars with their billions of dollars. There is is a particular reason why I wanted (laughs) us to talk about this today. Oh, no. And I think I've said it before. But we must eat the rich. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) The idea of these richies, which is the new uh, pejorative term for people who are rich. <laughs> Did you ever watch that show, Richie Rich? No. You never watched Richie Rich? What is this? Did you ever watch Boomerang? Yes. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> which had the old Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yes. Um, Did you know I Barbera? Was, oh, That's somebody's I, real name. Barbera. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> was Hanna Barbera one person? I think it's two people. It's like Jack Hanna. No, <laughs> <laughs> my friend Jack Hanna, <laughs> right? And Julie Barbera, and together. Thank you. Well, if those were their names, Jack and Julie would be much better than <laughs> Hanna Barbera. <laughs> Hanna Barbera. Now let me tell you this: William Hanna. And George Barbera. But you know who they don't talk about is George Sidney. Uh, there was, was one of the three founders of Hanna-Barbera. What? What? Hmm? Sidney, Hannah, and Barbera. Barbera, Sidney, and Hannah. Uh, Hannah, Sidney, Barbera. Nah, I don't know. Okay. But those were their first little girls were Tom and Jerry, and I loved Tom and Jerry. I watched it every time that I could. My favorite episode was when uh, Jerry... Were you hip to Tom and Jerry? Oh, yes. So t- so Jerry had, like, a nephew. Yes, who was yes. was, like, a little gray mouse. Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jerry, like... Jerry and the little gray mouse... Let the water, like, overflow out of the sink and out of the other places. I don't know wherever Mm. else there was water. Out of the sink, out of the, maybe the bathtub, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. And then, like, took the little, like, the electricity out of the refrigerator to make all the water freeze. Oh. And so then they were ice skating around in the kitchen. And then Tom was like trying to get after them. But it was all very slippery. You know, you get it. Very good. That was my favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I loved to watch Tom and Jerry. I loved uh, 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 Pink Panther. The old school Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo, Mama. Everything. Boomerang really um, gave us everything. 
Well, there was a cartoon called Richie Rich, which was about a young boy. His name, I think, was Richie Rich. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and, it, well, the thing about Richie Rich was that he was very rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was kind of like a proto-Batman type, as in there, I vaguely remember there being some sort of like, oh, someone evil is doing something. And, like, Richie Rich and his friends could get to the bottom of it because he'd be like, let's get in my helicopter and, like, see what's going on over there. Now, isn't that always <laughs> the way? Isn't that always the way, though? It's like, let's wait for the people who have hoarded all the resources to save us from these things that they've created. Speaking of hoarding resources and getting back to (laughs) why we even brought this up in the first place, did you see that video of Mark Zuckerberg on the 4th of July? No, I don't watch such things. What? I don't know where he posted it. I think I saw it on Twitter, which is ironic. But (laughs) it's him and he's like jet skiing... But instead of, like, a jet ski, it's, like, a hoverboard. But not, like, a hoverboard, like, you know, the basketball players <laughs> wheel around on. <laughs> like, like he's on the water, and he's got, like, a little handle on a boat, but the thing he's on is literally floating above the water. Now, that's some back to the future. What? We to have which those? I say, I didn't know we could do that. <laughs> Wow. And that's the trap, though. The trap is innovation, you know. Wow, look, innovation, thank you so much. You're pushing us all forward. Thank you for innovating. You've yeah, made it I to the moon. You've made it to oh. the stars. You've <laughs> Well, that's the thing about like the rich people going to space is like, mama <laughs> old washed. People went to space 50 years ago. I love my old wash jeans. <laughs> Acid wash, mama. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, but the fact that Mark Zuckerberg was on literally, like, I'm talking back to the future hoverboard, wow. which I'm like, I genuinely didn't know that we had that tech. <laughs> I didn't know that we could do that. <laughs> work. Honestly, work. But yes, the Richies feel the need to go to space. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I'm like, actually, do I have anything else to say about that other than that? Like, just do do something else? Yeah. I mean, surely this will not be anything new to the listeners of this podcast, but, you know, better ways to spend money, (laughs) such as feeding people, education, etc. But uh, Saturn's return, that's where it really all, that's what it comes back to. And I wish they'd return to Saturn. Uh. The, um, I forget who had this headline, but someone's headline was uh, Earth, re- <laughs> Earth briefly gets rid of its richest man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What a dream. Um, what else is happening in the world? Ma'am. Um, we, ha- we should talk about Brittany. Oof. Okay, you're going to have to update me on the most recent things. Okay. Okay. Mother darling. Okay. I'm scared. I'm really... You should be. Because (laughs) what happened was, you know, we all heard or read or heard about Britney's testimony in court now uh, several weeks back. Um, And uh, let's be clear... Brittany was very clear 
She said, I want to be out of this conservatorship. And she said, honestly, to sue my family. Now, when she said that, there were no exceptions. She did not say, except for my mom, who, no. And she did not say, except for my sister, who, no. She said, my family. And Wendy said, death to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess Jamie Lynn kind of was saying like, oh, well, you know, I support my sister in whatever she wants to do and I want her to be happy and blah, blah, blah. Kind of trying to, you know, play all sides well. of the coin. And then I think she she posted something more... Re- well, I don't know. Then Brit, I, I think that people were like, you know, talk, talk, talk. Oh, like, where is Jamie Lynn on this? And she seems to be on Britney's side. And Britney posted this thing on her Instagram that said... She said, oh, no, no. She said, I did not like it when my sister was out there performing two remixes of my songs. She said, you are on the chopping block as well. Well, I mean, doesn't that just kind of make sense? It's like if you knew this was going on and you did nothing. Literally nothing. Then, then, Mm. then, that's, I mean, this whole thing is tragic. It's like. It is. Oof. Oh. It is tragic. I, I think that she is going to, you know, she. The judge ruled that she is now allowed to have her own, uh, to appoint her own lawyer. I think that we are in a world that is moving toward her being freed from this conservatorship. Um, I think so too. And they are set to introduce, I think, a bill to Congress. See, that's my thing. I hope that there actually is, you know, something changed about how conservatorships work because they, like, you know, in addition to all of the egregious all of the abuse that we have, you know, been made aware of in Britney Spears's case, um, that, you know, most of the people who are in abusive or under abusive conservatorships are not Britney Spears. Right. <laughs> and so, like, you know, do not get uh, the same kind of spotlight. So I hope that it actually does fix this very, this often strange part of our legal system. How How strange. And how strange that it, I mean, not atypical for our world, but how strange that, like, people are allowed to, you know, have their rights taken away from them. Also, you know, we talked about this before, all the the residences with, like, uh, disability activists and disability communities. Right, I was going to bring that up. I I hope that, that whatever legal changes that hopefully come out of this really look at that, like... <clears throat> at what point is, you know, someone with a history of mental illness still allowed and qualified to make decisions for themselves? And what does that look like? What is what is that pathway? Because there's just so much exploitation of people with disabilities in everyday life that goes unchecked. Yeah, I was um <laughs> I was listening to an interview of Gia Tolentino and Ronan Farrow, who wrote a piece on who did some investigation into the the Britney case, which first, let's just say, iconic writing duo, Ronan Farrow and <laughs> Gia Tolentino. Like, that's iconic. Um, and absolutely appropriate for the matter at hand. Um, but I was listening to an interview of them, and they were just talking about, like, people 
all all day, every day make bad decisions. And it's not illegal. And it's, you know, it doesn't mean that they need to have their rights taken away from them. Um, and so why do, why do we, you know, like regular, 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 everyday people are allowed to go to Vegas and and gamble away every single cent that they they own. You know, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying people should do that. I, right. you know, I think not to like pull in gambling addiction, but what, you know, like people are allowed to make bad decisions. People make that bad decisions every day. Um, but the fact that, you know, some people are not deemed to like have the agency to make bad decisions, like it, it honestly pulls in so many things. Like it kind of is pulling in the question of like, you know, when people are like, oh, if someone is asking for money on the street, don't give them money because what if they like spend it on <laughs> alcohol and drugs? And right. it's like, mama, you buy alcohol and drugs. So, so so what? So, you know, like, and obviously that, you know, it's just like everyone is allowed to make bad, like, why do we decide that for some people making a bad decision means that you're an evil person who cannot be trusted and for other people it's like, do whatever the hell you want. Anyway, um, which is to I mean not to equate like all bad decisions with each other. I think there are definitely some that that have negative effects on other people, you know. Right. But I, but go for in it. in the Britney situation, they were talking about Gia Tolentino and Ronan Farrow, Ronan Farrow were talking about it as like that she was so marketable. Uh j- just that she was her body, her image, her music, her voice, her talent, her work ethic was so profitable that a, a number of people said, well, we can't let this, like, you know, monetary resource go to waste, even if the person who's wasting it is Britney herself. And so we have to step in and, like, make sure that the appropriate amount of money is being made off of this. And that is just <laughs> like, the, that is how one describes slavery. Like that is, right. so that is ridiculous that that is the, what has happened. Um, and just have, I mean, obviously I've been following the story for a while now and obviously been taking it seriously for a while. And especially in the last couple of months, but the that really made it clear to me in a new way. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that other people are taking this seriously too, because like we're saying, this isn't just, if we, this extends into so many things that we need to work on as a society, country, yeah. community, you know? And so, yeah, let's, let's rally around this example to like go out here and fix our stuff, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. Autonomy. (laughs) Novel concept. Never heard of it. (laughs) What is that? Why are people so obsessed with being in control of other things and people? Well, now, I don't know if we have all the time in the world to get into that one. Mm. 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 (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. But we do have the time to get into some of the, uh, these uh, Emmy nominations. Oh, yes. Let's turn our attention to something pleasant. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I don't well, know if I'd, <laughs> I'd say that. <laughs> there is pleasantness and unpleasantness here. Pleasant trees. Pleasant trees. Pleasant um, trees. <laughs> Thank you. 
So many, uh, I mean, we are coming into this conversation a week late, but work. That's fierce. We were not on last week, and so we're not late. We're right on time. Thank you. <laughs> um, have to go and go ahead and give a huge shout out to Bo and Yang Icon. Uh, and? and well, and to our to my favorite show on television, <laughs> uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm kidding. Uh, although RuPaul's Drag Race, eleven nominations. No, I'm talking about Pose. Um, and I'm talking about the iconic MJ Rodriguez, who becomes the first openly trans actor to be nominated in a leading acting category at the Emmys. That's fierce. She is incredible. She is incredible. And honestly, like, I haven't watched season three. Me neither. Um, I don't know how she was not nominated for season two. D- that's okay. So I, again... Let me slow down. Catch my breath. (laughs) (laughs) I also haven't watched season three, but I think this is one of those things where, you know, they just give the award a year late because they messed up. Because... Right. And it's like, season two was... There were just so many... Every episode, stunning performances. Yeah. Yeah. I love that friggin' show. Um... (laughs) My mom, te- on the night of the series finale, my mom texts me and is like, I just turned on this show, Pose. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, no. <laughs> you have to watch from the beginning. Oh, my gosh. It's, wow, yeah. <laughs> also, huge shout-outs to Michaela Cole. Oh, absolutely. Did We didn't talk about this at the time, because the Golden Globes don't matter. And also, you hate when we talk about award shows on the podcast. I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> but the Golden Globes did not nominate I Will I May Destroy You for anything, which is clownery. Um, and it got a whole bunch of nominations at the Emmys, which is tea. Now, the uh, I want to say it's like lead actress in... Uh, a limited series or movie that's the category so the five women nominated in this category are literally Michaela Cole I may destroy you Cynthia Revo in the Aretha Franklin thing um Elizabeth Olsen yes. in WandaVision yes uh um oh my god I know who it is <laughs> uh Anya Taylor-Joy there it is Queen's Gambit uh and my heart will go on. Kate Winslet, yes. Mayor of Easttown. Yes. Have you watched Mayor of Easttown? Okay, so I started watching it, and I did not uh, complete a single episode of it. Actually, oh um, my! But you, that's not—that's nothing to say about the show. That's everything to say about me. Thank <laughs> you. Kids and their attention uh, spans these days. Literally that. Literally me on that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm rooting for Michaela to win in that category. I think she will, but like, Mama, that is a stacked category. It really is, and I I mean, I. The thing is, okay, so the thing is, why don't I like award shows? Yeah, it's because, like, artists like actually don't need to be competing against each other. That actually doesn't. That's mm-hmm. not helpful in my in my brain, at least, mm-hmm. and. It just seems like a nice way to like kind of stir up drama and to 
(laughs) and to not recognize people more often than we actually do recognize people. Like we always are talking about how award shows have missed this and that, have snubbed these people, have shut out marginalized communities. And it's like, when do I just get to stop talking about you? Like, when do I like cancel you? Yeah. Really, truly. I feel that. I, yeah, I wish that like, I don't know if this is exactly the model. We've, I think we've talked about this maybe once or twice before, but like the, the Pulitzer prizes are like, they're like, here's the winner. And I think they also say like, like two honorable mm-hmm. mentions or I don't, I forget what, what else, what, what do they call it? Like finalists. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seeing something that was like, I mean, even in that category that we just named, like something like in this category, these five performances were really excellent this year. And like, if that was, if that was just it, if that was the long and the short of it, um, that that would be really lovely. And like, that is really, you know, why do we need more than that? Why must we whittle it down to one? Right. And then there's just something hilarious to me. And I think you brought this up when we were talking before about this, that like everybody in Hamilton just is, is just nominated just for, just for laughs, just for, (laughs) I can't even begin to explain how irate I am that all these people have, Emmy nominations for a bootleg of a Broadway show. <laughs> you did not. Okay, wow, bootleg. Okay, we've gone there. And that is not to read the quality, but well, it's like... Is it? Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> the quality of the recording was great. You know, it was great. It was great. You know, it was great. But in Emmy... <laughs> what? Emmy nominations? That, like... It's like, okay, what are we taught? Like, what is being nominated? Like, <laughs> what are we really giving these awards for? It, for me, right. it just kind of like, it just messes up the legitimacy of the, of the whole event. It's like, were we, are we really doing anything here? Or are we just kind of like... It is so ridiculous. It also is like, I was talking to someone the other day who was like, you know, why is it that our society, literally society as a whole, said... We all are going to agree that one thing is excellent, and that one thing is Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so glad. Is this our Hamilton episode? No, we're saving that. Um, <laughs> we'll save it for the Hamilton episode. But, uh, yeah, I, so many thoughts. Too many thoughts. It's so ridiculous. But we did, we did collectively lift that to the highest heights I'm sure that Jeff Bezos will be carrying a copy of Hamilton out into outer space his next <laughs> time around, okay? You know, there are like, there's a list of um, of roles that have been both, you know, Oscar-nominated and Tony-nominated, as in, you know, a streetcar named Desire, you mm. know, that you have like a role that is nominated for a Tony in its original production, and then they make a movie out of it, and then that role gets nominated as well. Um, I don't know that a <laughs> that a performance on... A Broadway performance has be, ever been nominated for, <laughs> for an award <laughs> other than a, a theater award. Well, there's a first really, truly... For everything. For all 
Uh, Hamilton I'm is describe- listed. Imagine if it had been nominated for Oscars. <laughs> well, get this. The Oscars is nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> Variety special. That's the category. And the Tonys are winning an Obie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I am... This is actually just... This is just folly. This is tomfoolery. No offense, Tommy. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, there are Tommy two cat- Foolery. <laughs> Tommy Foolery. <laughs> oh, Tommy did not like that. Okay, okay. Uh, um, there are two categories, Variety Special Live and Variety Special Pre-Recorded. And in the Live Variety Special uh, category, the Oscars are nominated, and Hamilton is nominated in the Variety Special Pre-Recorded category. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What is it? <laughs> what? Huh? Who is this? Also, the is this the category that um, the inauguration is nominated <laughs> in? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you're thinking of the uh, the uh, West Wing special to benefit uh, when we all vote. That oh, one, of that, course, uh, that one got of nominated. Course. Maybe maybe the inauguration is in the live category. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, well, that's the thing about the Emmys. I mean, we've talked before about like. You know, if we, if you or I really wanted to win a Grammy, like we could probably put our heads down and do the work and like be involved on someone's project that ends up winning a Grammy. But the T, you believe is in that, us so much, and for that I love you. <laughs> I do, and I will never stop. Um, the T is that there are just eight hundred Emmys given out every year, just. Uh, and this year at least forty will go to Hamilton. <laughs> It's just like, who is, who nominated all of these Hamilton actors and was like, this is what this show deserves. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Hamilton has not received enough uh, recognition. And it has not gone on for nearly long enough. When did Hamilton first come out? How many years ago was that? Oh my God, I was in high school. (laughs) I was literally in high school. And here we are. Now I teach high school. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so well, we love you, Hamilton. No. <laughs> and we'll talk more about it on our upcoming Hamilton special <laughs> that we hope to get nominated for best pre-recorded live variety podcast show. I wonder if this show could get nominated for an Emmy. See, that's the way to make us, to convert us, is to give us a, an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> can someone look into that? See if our podcast can be nominated for an Emmy. And if not, what do we have to do <laughs> to become Emmy eligible? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my. Okay, speaking of talent, uh, which is what we were speaking of, um... Some talented friends of ours have some Ooh. new work coming very soon. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. I mean, wow. Who do we have? We have absolutely the incredible, the amazing uh, Daphne Gale. Um, oh, yes. Well, this is very exciting. Um, because... Our dear, well, it's so funny because I want to say, like, you know, oh, well, you all, our audience, remember Daphne. We've had her on the podcast several times. <laughs> but the truth is <laughs> that none of that has been released yet. Uh, Ooh, teaser. Um, but, 
But over the next two weeks, um, we're going to be releasing a series of interviews that we did with Daphne. Um, Daphne Gale, who is a friend of the pod, um, a friend of friends of the pod, <laughs> um, uh, who has a new album coming out uh, uh, on Friday. Friday the 23rd. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have so much to say about it, but I think we say all of that in those episodes. So I guess we'll have yes. to save that for them. <laughs> um, but if you want to get a, a head start, absolutely stream No Matter, which comes out on Friday, July 23rd. Um, and uh, we'll be talking all about it with Daphne next week and the week after that, which is very exciting. Um and there, you know, we well, we got to listen to the Truax already. How about that? Because <laughs> we're on the inside. <laughs> oh my word! It's warm on the inside. Um, also coming out with new stuff, our dear, dear friend, dear friend of the pod, absolute integral part of what we do here every week, Sophia Campoamore. Oh yes! Oh yes! Um, Sophia came out with a song earlier this summer called Quarter Life, which let me tell you, it's the tea. It is a great song, uh, produced by our friend Dan Rudin. Um, it's great. And so the rest of the EP is coming out on Monday, which is Sophia's birthday, Monday the 26th. So go stream Quarter Life, the EP, when it comes out. Very fierce. Did you two ever have a joint birthday party? We did. Our uh, sweet 16, our 16th birthday. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> our 16th birthday party. Um, we had a sweet 16 party. Oh, wow. Um, and so we provided like cakes and sandwiches and things. And then like um, we provided some tea, but you could also bring your, if you had a favorite tea that you liked, then you could bring tea. And then we all had tea. Ooh. Do you have a favorite tea? Nice? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> now I would probably say like, I've been really love, ooh, I've been loving a matcha latte. Yes. Like that is good. Yes. That's really good. Um, so I do, uh, <laughs> matcha latte. <laughs> um, but at the time, I think someone gifted me like like a chocolate tea Ooh, yeah it was interesting <laughs> piquing my interest um we did a sweet six tea party and that was in uh, 2013 oh my 14? gosh you're so old i know so old um and that was tea <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> um, stream Quarter Life on Monday. And then another dear friend, Shamala, is dropping a song on Friday uh, called Symmetrical Girl. And I actually got to hear... Well, oh, my gosh. I've heard all of the new music. <laughs> I've heard all of the things that are coming. You. Um, and that's really good, too. <laughs> So all of the links will be below, and uh, the people are making the music. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so go out and, uh, and stream it. Go stream it. Wow. Speaking stream of streams, it, um, <laughs> what's gonna happen? What's the what's af what comes after streams? 
Okay, you yeah, you've you're talking you said you saw this article. Yeah, I you know, it's an Atlantic article. So sometimes it's great and sometimes it's uh not great. But uh, you know, it's always going to be a 15-minute read. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I don't pay them for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was talking about, you know, m- the recording mediums that we've had in the past. Tapes and eight tracks and vinyl and CDs, etc. have always changed. They've always have, you know, like 30, 20, <laughs> 30, 40 years until it's like they get completely overtaken by the next medium. And... The article is basically like, I think we're, it's, it's presenting to us that we'd be foolish to think that streaming is just, you know, the way of the future and for yeah, all time. it's going to stick around forever. But then it's like, okay, well then what happens to my playlists? What happens to all of this? You know, every time people with music libraries have to convert them to the next new thing, you know, go from their iTunes library to their Apple Music people talk about losing stuff or converting from CDs to iPods. It's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to digitize all this? Right. Um, What's the next, what are we going to do next? And how will I, you know, where's the continuity? Yeah. I, I want to get imaginative, but there was, there was a particular line of the article that struck me, which was that we don't pay for, we don't buy music. We rent it. Mm. Um, But thinking about like, that that's just so like, that we do not pay for music. We like pay for access to music. Yeah. Yeah. But that we do not actually own the music. I think that that's so wild. Or like, you know, we still can. But like streaming is, uh, you know, probably the most popular way that music is consumed, ATM. And uh, that that is about access and not actually about having the music itself. Um. I just hadn't thought about it in that specific way before, which I thought was very cool. I mean, we're out here paying rent in all kinds of ways, you know. Wow. Like, I feel like that's... I was reading something somewhere. Don't ask me where, because I can't remember. But okay. someone was like, yeah, we're becoming we're becoming neo-feudalist. We're, like, moving Whoa. to this society where we are paying rent to our you know, overlords to live in a place or to have access to certain things, to get certain things delivered to our houses at Jeff Bezos. Um, you know, paying paying these subscriptions and, and fees that kind of are just fees to to live. Even phones are like that. Where, like, you yeah. know, the, the pay plans for phones, it's like, I can just spread this out over 45 I mean, months and never actually phones, own my phone cars, but break it. Everything. Right. And I've, we started with these big things like houses and apartments. And then we had cars and phones. And now it's like, yeah, I don't own music. I rent it. I rent this thing yeah. that I listen to all the time that I rely on. And I know I can't buy love, but I know I can rent it. You know? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> I keep seeing in the... Uh, I only know this because it is constantly a a clue in the new york times crossword um that now lps are sold more lps are sold annually than cds like cds overtook lps at some point probably take tapes overtook you know vinyl and then cds overtook tapes and now uh, tapes are not a thing 
and CDs are barely a thing. And like vinyl is like back. <laughs> well, work. That's interesting. There's another part of the article which was talking about how um, people used to use vinyls as like, they weren't things that lasted forever. You know, you play it, you wear out yeah. your record and you throw it away. You know, there is a, there is still a lifespan to that kind yeah. of process. And the same thing with tapes. It's like that stuff doesn't last forever. CDs get stretched. Um, and now we're in this place where it's like, does my stuff last forever? Well, I don't actually ever own it, but I can listen to a really high quality recording at any time I want, unless it disappears from Spotify, which sometimes happens. Right. Remember when your CD would get scratched? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it would it was like your favorite CD that you'd love to listen to, and then like you couldn't listen to track seven anymore. Anger. Anger is that rising up in me. <laughs> that is great. Also, but like we used to put up with that. <laughs> we, used to, <laughs> we used to be like, well, music is physical. <laughs> so if I don't have this physical artifact, I can't listen to the music. That's so funny. Pardon me. Um, oh, go for it. Go for it. I well, I'm thinking. You know what does what does come after this? I don't know. I think that it's because I think also, you know, there's part of me that's like, you know, is it always going to be you know harder, better, faster, stronger? As in, like, is there going to be a thing that is even easier and even more like you know more accessible than we can even imagine now? Um, or do we move in a direction of like, you know, we as artists and as a community of artists know that like streaming is not, I mean, what we were just saying, like we do not pay for music, right? Music still costs the same to make in many, in most ways, particularly in like, you know, paying personnel to make music with you. Um, but that music costs way less to procure, to have access to. Um, and so maybe does like, does the future of how we consume music, like move away from this, you know, renting access? Does it like move towards like actually compensating musicians for the cost of music? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> that would be really great. <laughs> Whoever's making the plans out there, uh, make that the plan, please. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Coming out of the pandemic, I feel like I'm... Me and a lot of people are like, yes, live music. Like, give right. us the most fleeting, you know, right. of immediate experiences that really can't be captured. And that's what I want. That's what I need. And in some ways, you know music in all these forms has been, is, is temporal. It just depends on what time scale. Like with yeah. the vinyl and the CDs, it's like at some point, yeah, that stuff does degrade. And like those recordings, you don't have them anymore. Or you don't have your copy of that recording. Um, and I think, I don't know. I, I, there's something in me, and maybe it's a romantic idea, but just like respecting the temporality, kind of the temporal nature of music just seems right or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it also is like um, making me think about the the ownership of music. It's making me think about like copyright law. Yeah. That like, you know, at a certain point, like, you know, 
Motown is going to be in the public domain. <laughs> well, I don't I don't remember what what the years are on that, but like in theory, at some point, like if the laws stay the same, like everything that we're listening to now, Dua Lipa and Lady Gaga and everything is going to be like not legally allowed to be owned. Well, I'm sure at that point they'll change the law so someone can make money off I'm of it. I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, that's the only reason why we're like paying for much of this stuff in the first place is that like that there are, are people around to, to be rewarded for it. And that that is, you know, something that we're seeing change a lot in written work, you know, that like... Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain, which is why we have, you know, Sherlock Gnomes, <laughs> which is why, you know, <laughs> but that there are, there's other poetry that like is not in the public domain. And so, but that, that recorded music is so young that it, we haven't really seen it enter that space yet. Um, and that's really interesting to see what's going to happen there. Yeah. I, the con- just the very concept of the public domain kind of seems antithetical to so much of how we live. It's like, you mean yeah. the art belongs to everyone? You mean that, <laughs> like, I don't have, this is I ha- this is mine and yours and we share it? Everyone? It's like, what, <laughs> you, huh? You mean someone's not making money off of this? <laughs> <laughs> but have we tried? <laughs> right. And, you know, and theoretically, those copyright laws and that time span is is there for artists to be able to make money off of their stuff. That is the reason given. It's like, you know, we have stuff is not in the public domain for all so many decades so that these artists can make a living. But that doesn't, it's not re- I don't think that's working. Right. But in, in reality, <laughs> it becomes like, oh, I actually can't talk about this Emily Dickinson poem because I have to, like, pay Harvard to do it, (laughs) is, I think, literally a true thing about our world. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Well. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. Me too, as well. And I have a banner for you. Uh Uh-oh. And naturally, it's between, well, it's between Miss Tom and Miss Jerry. (laughs) I mean, look... I, Jerry, there's just no question. I have to agree. And, you know, Tom, I have a lot of love in my heart for Tom. <laughs> um, but Jerry was that girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you. All along. Imagination, giving, dreaming and scheming. And, you know, just having fun. And it, who's the underdog in the situation? And that's who we're rooting for. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Okay, binary for you. And it's between CDs uh, and cassette tapes. <gasps> CDs and cassette tapes. I think the only cassette tape that I remember owning was my piano teacher. I was learning for Elise, you know, as you do. And my piano teacher was like, was saying like, oh, there, you know, there's a lot to learn from listening to lots of other recordings. And she was like, here, you should listen to this recording that I have. And she gave me a tape. Work. And I actually still have it. It's sitting right next to my piano at home. Um, and I simply did not have the heart to tell her at the time, <laughs> Dr. George, I cannot play this. <laughs> I cannot do anything with this. <laughs> 
Um, so I think I'm going to have to go with CDs. Wow. I, I'm going to have to go with CD. I just had so many CDs. In fact, we just the other day, just the other week, it was the 10-year anniversary of four. The iconic Beyonce album, which I still have my physical CD copy of at home. Does it still work? Uh, Well, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way for me to know. Well, well. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I think I might go tape just because you can like hear tapes. You can hear the tapes being tapes. You know what I'm Uh saying? You hear them taping. Thank you. CDs are like... We're trying to give you like the highest audio quality that we could do at that time. Literally, LOL. Right. (laughs) And it's like, ooh, we can't even, like, you can't even tell. It's like I'm there. It's like I'm in the studio, which is really cool, I guess. But tapes also, there's like a physical nature to them. You hear it. Right. You hear it. You hear it being a recorded thing. And it's like, Uh I, this was recorded and I can hear that. Because I can uh-huh. hear the recording, literally That's the physical media. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Um, well, Kenyon, I'm so glad we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to choose a new theme for this uh, upcoming year. <laughs> Ooh. Now that yes. we, we have established ourselves as returned. <laughs> We've officially returned. <laughs> uh, more on that later. <laughs> okay. Uh, but for now, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. I hope the sun's not this night. That would be embarrassing. Well... Uh, halfway through the third quarter and it is 55 to 56. The bucks are up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's very close. It's very close. close. I am Um, such an underdog rooter, rooter for what (laughs) am I saying? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I root for the underdog so much and have for, for just for my entire life in that because people talked about like right-handed people and like being right-handed as dominant, uh-huh. I would like speak. Have I told you this before? <laughs> I would like do things with the left side of my body just to like <laughs> even out the score. <laughs> like I would tie my left shoe first before my right shoe, just just to be like you to get a place here. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so funny my commitment to, I'm not over that to equality to equity it's equality <laughs> yeah like like fully like left pant leg on first Just because it's the right thing to do <laughs> the right or the left thing well, thank you that thank you <laughs> that's how we need to be justice thinking. for left <laughs>